0: Welcome to episode 82 of District of Conservation. This is your host, Gabriella Hoffman. Pardon the absence last week. I had a lot on my plate as it related to client work and adjusting to my new writing home, which is where you can find a lot of my conservation-based writing, and that is townhall.com, which is one of the leading conservative news outlets out there. And for those of you who don't know, I actually used to write for them casually in the past, but recently came on in a more formal capacity as a freelance columnist with them. So I've written about four columns with them so far. I've talked a lot about firearms and and other different niche topics, but my upcoming column this Friday is going to be centered on why more people are picking up hunting under this pandemic. So you're going to, Definitely want to look out for that. I speak to a lot of experts. I spoke to a few people at different wildlife agencies, TV programs, social media influencers that are serious, and and others to get insight as to why that is happening. But that's kind of what has been keeping me busy recently. But for today's interview, I wanted to bring my dad back on again because the first time I brought him, it was a great episode, but we had audio issues on his end. I still haven't figured out how to configure my two microphones because I have an audio technica which I use to record this then I have another one and I feel like I made the wrong type of investment for that so I may get a second audio technica the second time you could hear my dad well and not me now I think third time is a charm but he has an update as to his hunting journey he talks about what led him to hunt at his age because most people in his age group are aging out of hunting and people are trying to target millennials more so. But my dad has some interesting insights. He talks a little bit about living in the old country, why he likes preparing meat, why he's looking forward to going out into the field, and so much more. So I think you're going to enjoy hearing from my dad again if you hadn't heard from him before. So here is an update from my dad. Dad, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast to share your announcement. Are you excited to share it with my listeners.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, so what did you do recently?
1: Well, finally, I found some time, thanks to COVID-19, just kidding, found some time to complete Young Hunters course. So I did it, and it actually was very entertaining, and a lot of knowledge passed on to people who actually want to do it. It gives you a lot of tips on safety, and how to handle guns, and what kind of a guns, and and, you know, and the whole kind of safety issues with stands and, and uh, clothing during the hunting. And so it was very interesting and it's actually very helpful. So I'm happy and ready to go.
0: Excellent. So you took the International Hunter education association course, the online course, yes? Yes. Obviously, because you can't Absolutely. take it in person. No. And what did you like about that compared to like a traditional setting of learning? I mean, you still have to go to the field and we're going to do that this fall.
1: But Well, you know, it, it actually that whole website is very nice. And I have visual and, and audio questions and video and, and explains everything in a simple matter. So any person can understand, and they have quizzes, and at the end, of the chapter number 11, it's a big kind of a test, and they give you a whole reviews and teaches you how to notice what's wrong, what's not, and ask questions about that, and at the end of the whole big 11 chapter, you have a quiz, and, you know, and you have to pass a certain amount of percentage in each one chapter, and if you don't, for some reason, you can take it again, and, you know, usually the second time you pass. So I probably had, what, three I kind of couldn't do well. I mean, I was like 90%, I think. And I retook it and was fine. So it actually kind of gives you a lot of knowledge and helps you to figure out what to do, at least theoretically. I actually was hunting 40 years ago in yeah, November I you of
0: 1980. to na- explain that to refresh my listeners. I'll yeah,
1: so I... missed the
0: two past episodes with you.
1: Yeah, I um, I went to visit my future brother-in-law in 1980. I think it was right before that. It was Halloween night, 31 of October, 1980. And he lived in that very beautiful Lithuanian area called Neringa, which is like a peninsula which connects, um, um, they call it now Kaliningrad, but actually it used to be a, Capital of East Prussia called Königsberg. So half of that peninsula belongs to Soviet Union, and half of it belongs to Lithuania. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's about, uh, I think it's about maybe maximum 80 miles, maybe maybe less. And it used to be a fishing village out there, and there are some people who fish commercially still. I think the population of Lithuanian part is about two and a half thousand people. And during the summer, and when it's nice, people go vacationing there. Because on one side of that peninsula, you can go and fish in that, um, they call it uh, uh, harbor, Kursuk harbor, and on the right side, when you go there, it's Baltic Sea. So you can have the best of both worlds. And actually used to be like just a sandbar, sandbar and some... Very famous Lithuanian, I think he was a Lutheran monk or priest. He actually had an idea to plant, um, like, pine trees. And they took off, and that's why the whole thing exists, to keep the sandbar alive. And I, I forgot his last name. I think he has like some kind of a German last name.
0: But any, was it good environment for animals oh that it's, the it's actually it's a, right. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a national park i remember you
0: told me that it's
1: a national park we, have, to my we have a lot of wild hogs uh, especially recently you can like go when it's like not enough food We go and beg food from people who live there and we have we have moose there and we have a lot of deer and rabbits and pretty much i, I don't know about the wolves but maybe foxes So it's a beautiful place and, you know, a lot of mushroom and good mushroom and and a lot of berries, blueberries, and strawberries. Well, strawberries just a gorgeous place. Summertime, it's the best place vacation in Lithuania. Plus, we had a camp, I think, for like wood carving artists for a few years in a row. I'm not sure because I left almost 35 years ago. (laughs) And it happened before I left. So they had very talented Lithuanian woodcarvers who created, like we call that place, Witch Mountain. And it's a beautiful collection of uh, Norse and Lithuanian pagan fairy tales uh, about dragons and dwarfs. And they made, they built benches. You can go online and check it out, us Witch Mountain.
0: You took us there. Yeah, we, we
1: have pictures. 20 And ago. And videos, I guess, somewhere. So it's a beautiful place And we have dragons and, and devils And storytellers It's a beautiful place to vacation So, you know, we went hunting Even though it was a national park Because my brother at the time Was a chief of police there So we went hunting him His uh, subordinate Was a big guy His name was Polinaros Very famous guy Actually, We made a documentary about him The guy's son and me and we went hunting and the first night I think they harvested a hare. I was helping. I was annoyed. So novice. you
0: didn't take the kill shot. You no, were just there to
1: I was just to help to and learn. And, and, learn, yeah. So and so I think the first night we, we harvested a wild hare and a hog. It was delicious. <laughs> so and, and the next day I think I was there for a few days. It was, it was like, kind of a long weekend, so uh, and it was winter time already snowy out there it not wasn 't very cold but cold enough, so we dressed up well and went hunting and and they we encountered a moose. I think it was female moose because it didn 't have any antlers and they harvested it, and we made about two hundred and fifty sticks of sausage. I helped to you know, dress it, and and I was lucky. I got a uh, pelt, <laughs> so I took that heavy wet pelt, wrapped <laughs> it into that kind of a plastic bag, and we lived um, about 200 miles away from that area. So we put it on a public bus in the storage under a cabin, and I took it home. <laughs> and after that, I I couldn't find anybody to to ten it, so I gave it to a friend of mine who lived in now one beautiful place, first capital Lithuania called Trakai, and he had a house there. So. He did something with it, I don't know. So, but it was a beautiful experience, you know, and, and that making sausage was boy, a oh boy, oh boy. My wife at the end, uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, future wife at the end, she, she couldn't stand to be in that room because it was a smell of that, because that moose actually has a very lean venison, so we had to buy a lot of pork fat and a little bit of pork meat And we grind everything up, mixed it up, and I don't think we had any really tools to do that, probably a grinder, but we did a lot of handwork and out of the stuffed casings, and boy, that sausage was, and smoked it, it was delicious.
0: You always tell me about this, and I haven't had... I think we had Moose maybe somewhere. But yeah, that was your first experience. But what led you to do it almost 40 years later here in the States? Well, you know,
1: I mean, it's Why did it
0: take you so long to uh, do
1: it? Well, you know, when you come to this country, you have to put your roots down, produce kids. Sure. (laughs) And and establish yourself. I have a business to run. so finally, you know, I... And I always wanted to go hunting, but I was always busy. So finally, when that... uh, Pandemic hit us, so it was, I had a lot of time on my hands, even though I was still working across the street for neighbors, building some stuff. So I did it, and it didn't take very long. I think it took me maybe, total, maybe eight hours, give or take.
0: Across three days? Yeah,
1: right. three days plus one night I, I nailed the last chapter because it was like 18 pages or something, so we didn't want to go crazy with it. So it was easy. So I want to go hunting, you know, maybe harvest some venison, and if we get lucky, maybe we can harvest a bear. Down I the think, road,
0: yeah, yeah. We have a lot in Virginia for those who know. I think
1: everybody, every hunter, if we have bears in the area, and, it's a, you know, you can buy a tag to, to, to harvest it, should at least have one bear in a lifetime. You don't need to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think a few years ago we, we had that info on, on Virginia wildlife website that way we, people harvested about 2,500 bears. I think the population of bears in this state is about eighteen or 20,000 bears. So it's nothing wrong with that. So I want to get more into that uh, nature. So all you see, there's
0: 17,000, but close, well, yeah. you know, close to 20,000. I, I wasn't
1: counting. <laughs> <No>. They did. <laughs> So I, I grew up, actually, uh, I think since I was five, I got very curious about fishing and started hanging around people who did that. My parents used to rent them. Uh, Couple of rooms on the outskirts of a city on the riverbank and I loved it. So I think around five. So I, I started uh, asking them questions and they made some primitive fishing tackle and you know, and I was catching fish and it was beautiful. And I got older. We, we used to go to that place anyway. So I start making my own fishing rods because we didn't have nothing in Lithuania. Just the rods themselves. I couldn't make a real. So it's a fascinating thing. It teaches you how to be patient and enjoy nature and respect. You don't catch and keep all fish. You just keep what you need to, and it has to be a certain size. And hunting is season
0: too. Yes,
1: absolutely. But hunting is even better because you see the nature, you see that wild animal, and you see the habitat. You see the birds, and you know there are rules. Thanks God and regulations. What to take, what not, and when. So that kind of keeps that wildlife alive and rec- procreating and, and keeps people busy. And, you know, plus we, we buy licenses, tags, and we actually, I don't know if people know or not, most people, but we are the ones, people who hunt and fish, we actually provide money for conservation and preservation. So if it wouldn't be for us, we would have bison problem because of all extinct. But because of people hunting and fishing all around the country, we actually subsidize that whole thing. And we enjoy it too.
0: It's the only good subsidization, I think, yeah, it's the so it Actually, <laughs>
1: subsidies should be only one type, voluntarily by people who want to join yeah. a club. So it's like hunting club and fishing club. It's a club, but nobody forces you to do it. Yeah, excise, you excise taxes. You join voluntarily. Yeah.
0: yeah. You I mean, pay through excise taxes, which are very is, different than income and other Yeah, types. this
1: is great. I mean, I love it, so I want to... Be there, plus hang out with my daughter. <laughs> if I can. In action. Yes. In yeah. action. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and bring some fresh meat home. It's nothing wrong with that. And maybe get some antlers. I used to make Shed hunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't
0: been able to do that.
1: I used to, as funny as it sounds, I used to make knives. Well, not like big hunting knives, but we had a metal shop in, in in middle school and a wood shop and I learned how to do a lot of things. So I used to make knives and hammerheads and and I used to actually make out of a I used to get some antler sheds from some people and sometimes you go to swap meet and people had them, I would buy them and I would make some handles. I love that stuff. It's fun and it actually it's kinda of skillful, plus you know, you make something on your own, it's great. You know, that's what people should do. They should polish their skills and learn stuff so they can do themselves and be independent
0: I mean, you've taught me everything I know about fishing, I have had to rely on you in the past a lot, but I'm slowly reeling away
1: it's a, from, it's that, a, it's a from time. that
0: but I, it's funny because we both got our concealed handgun permits together at, out of my insistence and you wanted to do it, and I'm glad we did it five years ago after they started to change laws here so we got that done, nailed it, just renewed it and then yeah. And then when I started to hunt, you expressed interest in doing it, too. Absolutely. I mean, because it, it's not something completely foreign to you, because you've done it a little bit in Lithuania, well, tagged along. And we did, actually, our first hunting trip in the United States together. It wasn't really hunting, but it was that rabbit hunting event we yeah. went to in Maryland. Yeah. Fox hunting, I think that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, with, with, with beagles.
1: With beagles, yeah. I'm sorry, we
0: went beagling yeah. with a neighbor.
1: Plus, uh, back in, in the Lithuania, before I came here, we used to, our family, we used to go a lot of... Um, uh, berry hunting, like we used to go for wild raspberries and blueberries and strawberries and hawberries, which are available actually believe it or not, in Lithuania, various areas you can get that, and and some some other berries, I forgot what's name. But
0: also mushrooms.
1: Mushroom, yeah. My main thing was your favorite
0: thing. It was yeah,
1: harvest. it was mushroom hunting. We had porcini, we had shiitakes. We had some partini-type kind of things, and some years were unbelievably fruitful. We had, and I think my parents started drugging us. I remember myself about five, six, when we started, all three of us, my two siblings, and my mom and dad, we used to go and we used to take a train because we didn't have a car. Or or my mom's work, we used to provide three trucks, and we would pack like trucks, of covers, huge trucks, and or sometimes buses, and, and and they would pack probably a hundred people, and we would go to certain areas, and we knew our mushrooms, and we had a blast because everybody would have a potluck lunch, and, you know, you interact, you see the nature. Sometimes you would see some deer and, and some maybe foxes and hawks. So it was beautiful. That's how I got into that because... I feel like at home in the nature. I mean, and I don't need any compasses to navigate. I, I was, I guess, blessed, <laughs> <laughs> so I can get out, out of any forest you want, even if I haven't been there before. I don't know why, but it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I love the nature. Nature is great. Everybody should take their kids to the nature. And I used to go camping too. It was beautiful.
0: We I haven't really gone camping much in this area since we moved here. It's hard to go camping. All of us are working.
1: Yeah, well, I yes. mean, we're growing up. Yeah, but we we went to it. Uh, we camped in Yellowstone, Yellowstone National Park. Bryce. In, 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 yeah, in Bryce. Kern River Valley, I think yeah. those are the three
0: camps. Yeah, trips so we, we, did.
1: we actually saw some A deer came to our tent and was drinking water from the tap. So, that was at
0: Bryce, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and
1: actually, we, we camped, we came to that Yellowstone kind of late at night, and we built the tent quickly, turned on our headlights of our. At the time, car was, I think, Odyssey, and girls helped me out. We built it up. We started the fire. On the way to that camp, we found some huge porcini mushrooms, so we cooked it, part of it, and we made some food. I think you girls loved it. It was yeah. an adventure. Plus. And, uh, and later on, we heard that United uh, Choir of Wolves of Yellowstone. It was <laughs> a beautiful howling out there each one night.
0: We didn't see any, but we did hear them the No,
1: no, but, you know, it's fine, and, but it's, it's beautiful out there. People should go and spend more time outdoor because everybody's at home all the time. But if you don't take your kids out, they we, we don't know what's going yeah. on out there. Plus, on the way back, we stopped in that bear and wild animal refuge in, Hillstone Bear
0: World, yeah,
1: in yeah. Rexburg, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, in Idaho, and and also I wanted my daughters to see how that wheat grows and potatoes grow, so we stopped by a few fields and I showed them what it is. So everybody should know, potato doesn't come from the supermarket, it winds up there, <laughs> <laughs> and bread doesn't that grain doesn't grow in the bakery, it gets there. So it's important to know what's surrounding you and, and have a reality touch with Mm -hmm. nature, so you know, and you appreciate it more. So you don't pollute, you don't trash, you kind of preserve uh, area of habitat of yours. Mm -hmm. So that's where I stand. Mm -hmm.
0: So at your age, I mean, you're over 65, which is not the target demographic people are trying to target in the outdoor industry. They're really going for people my age, but, you know, as baby boomers like yourself age out, what do you have in, in terms of encouragement for people who may be your age and, and advice for them if they want to go hunting too? Because it doesn't matter what age you should be.
1: It has nothing to do with age. By the way, if somebody is kind of afraid to, to harvest animals, they can pass that uh, you know, beginner's exam, get a license, and if you don't want to do anything, just go hang out, see how it works. Plus, for a lot of people who are afraid of guns because they don't know how it works, right. they don't know what guns all about, And, you know, they could learn safety and it would prevent some misunderstandings and false premises of all that uh, arm business. Because, you know, nobody makes uh, arms to, like, especially hunting, uh, you know, rifles are not for killing people, it's for hunting.
0: Unless you listen to former Vice President Joe Biden shooting shotguns through doors. This
1: guy is definitely a hunting jewel.
0: He's not a friend to the, <laughs> to our we kind. We don't, know. Nobody. I,
1: I, I think, I don't want to get... We don't want
0: to listen to too, his advice. ...to
1: deep into the, his hunting woods. But I, I think he lives in a different forest.
0: Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yes. But back, back to that. But um, I, I think most people are trying to get younger people like me to go hunting. I guess I'm the intended, people my age are the intended target. But I think everyone, people who are a little younger than you, people who are my age, even younger... There's a benefit, and and we see people learning how to go hunting, and you've heard the reports, I've told you some stuff, that people are buying more hunting licenses. I've spoken to a few wildlife agencies about this, and they've confirmed that too, that people of all different ages are starting to do that because they're worried about meat shortages, they're worried about not being able to... Uh, go outside, and and going outside allows them to relieve stress and social distance and do all these measures. Being outdoors, you already inherently know how to do that.
1: I think it will actually, that whole hunting with your children and grandchildren, actually, and fishing, too, would actually make the family ties stronger. Because what I noticed, uh, that uh, link between the grandparents and parents, Grand- grandchildren and, and grandparents kind of broken, and I think it's on purpose. So, when when people don't see their grandparents, they don't want to see them, and they look on them down, especially if they're military or something. And it's a very strange phenomenon. This country was built on on people who would actually family used to live in the same house for hundreds of years, because and they would they would get married. If, they, if nobody had any money, so I would stay in the same house, and their grandchildren will help farming and hunting and trapping. And the country, morals were good. Well, nothing perfect in life, we know that. Mm-hmm. But it was a different, totally different kind of a setup. And thanks to all these crazy people who call themselves progressives, they ruined it. They put restrictions, you cannot do that, you cannot do that, and you cannot do this. And some famous environmentalists said that hey, you know better about this stuff than your parents and grandparents, go talk to them. <laughs> Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Vice President an and now one brilliant guy. You know. Uh, Al Jazeera member? Salesforce? You know, the guy who sold his channel, worthless channel to uh, Al Jazeera. Outdoor, yes. Yeah, Oh boy. You know, so you know, that's that's what it is and that whole propaganda kills the whole thing. People have no ties, it's amazing but People call their parents three times a year, which is ridiculous. And even Mm -hmm. if I live in the same state, and you know, driving distance, they don't see them. It's really strange.
0: We're not like that, though. We're an unusual family.
1: We're a usual family because we come from a different kind of a background.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you always use nature, especially with me, like maybe because I was able to bond with you. And I bond with mom in different ways, but I was able to spend time with you growing up and even today through nature.
1: Well, your sister went fishing with us yeah. too sometimes, but not everybody's interested in the same thing. No. It's normal. You know, but it's a great uh, time to be on a pond or river or lake or go ocean. to the ocean fishing on a charter boat and enjoy it. it, it and and the people say, well, it's not the most important thing to catch. Well, you know, it's a reward. It shows, especially fishing, especially in the streams. If you don't have skills, you cannot catch anything. Very rarely you can catch something by accident. So it it sharpens your skills. It teaches you, you know, how to learn about nature and streams and what's going on, how to catch, what lures to use. The same thing is hunting. You know, you go there and you you learn how to follow uh, animals and, you know, animals' footprints. And you you can figure out who is who. And so occasionally you may... see a lynx or so something else, which is very cool, too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we saw
0: a bear on the way to yeah. the now-closed fishing pond in Sperryville, Virginia. We yeah. saw a yearling. I didn't have my glasses, and you still <laughs> get under my skin for this. Thing. You said you could have seen it better. It was better. a
1: beautiful yearling bear. He yeah. was crossing... Oh, he or her, it was crossing the the road and everybody stopped. Just
0: outside Warren. Yeah, yeah,
1: everybody respectfully stopped, let the yeah. young, young uh, animal go, and he just uh, jumped on that divider, wooded part of a divider, and after that, I don't know, we didn't see him because I was opposite side of the road was, uh, highway was kind of lower, so I guess he yeah. made it safely. He
0: hid somewhere. Yeah, so...
1: Yeah. That's amazing. You can see bears here. Yeah.
0: You know, in it's California, close.
1: where we used to live, people uh, have bears in the backyards, in Pasadena. In and hot tubs. <laughs> way you want. So. Yeah.
0: We didn't see any in the wild. I don't yeah, remember. Except we, for the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: we but had, we've seen we quite had a bit We had some mountain lions walking on this oh, yes. uh, golf course in Cota de Casa, where we used to live. And, it, and, you know, and, and
0: in elementary school, I remember, we had to have it shut down because of links. Now, there's a but, yeah, it's a, we saw a lot we of We used to
1: see some coyotes walking oh, yeah. on the streets in our neighborhood, in oh, yeah. Kite Hill, in Laguna Nigel. We saw a beautiful yeah. daytime, and We, we
0: saw... see we see a lot of cool nature stuff even here in Virginia. Yeah. I would say more.
1: Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a not a such desert state, so there is more, more lush food and, and lush for yeah. the animals. So, we, you know, we have deer coming to our backyard. And Sometimes we have a dozen or more.
0: Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen that many recently. But we also have seen Virginia's elk herd. I, I don't know if we talked about it in the last two episodes, but you really loved seeing the elk herd with me in oh, Virginia. Oh, yeah. yeah. We
1: loved it. It was great. We took some pictures and... Uh, you did some interviewing and riding around to that uh, retired veterinarian in that ATV. ATV so, and I used my God-giving skills to help to build some observations. You
0: were like the lead contractor observ- for well, the shelters. I was
1: a, I was a regular carpenter. <laughs> so I didn't want to stick out. So I had some, all, a lot of my cordless tools in my truck bed. And and we had young people and not young people to help. And, and I mean I love doing it. it we built we build a big kind of a deck platform it wasn't finished we put that finish board and we built some railings sections it was great everybody loved it and people in that area of south west virginia are great they're the greatest people they're coal miners and just big-hearted welcoming people we loved that thing it was great, and seeing so many elk at the time, and I actually put that one of the uh, pictures on my cell phone. Yeah,
0: you have it as your yeah. <laughs> background image. As a background, yeah. yeah,
1: so I love that stuff. So hopefully, maybe...
0: In a few years' time, we yeah, can hunt them.
1: We'll go we'll go, maybe we'll go back and maybe hunt them. But if we don't, we don't. It's not all about killing or No, hunting. just to see them. Just I think it, It's a long time, kind of a trip. It's eight yeah. hours, give or take. No, it's,
0: it's
1: seven, seven or six. Whatever it is, but yeah. it's not like you're going to Chesapeake Bay no, or that's going within an to hour. Annapolis. Mm-hmm. So it's a different type kind of adventure. So you cannot go and come back at the same, in the same day. So you have to probably have a... What, a three, weekend.
0: We did that. Yeah, yeah. three,
1: four days that's what's the best so you can enjoy and relax and see more they took they told us stories about excellent fishing in the area but it was like an hour or two away so you know maybe next time we'll go bring fishing rods and you know get get to talk to people and maybe we'll take a fair fish too because yeah. this is a great great trout and great carp and different kind of fish so that would be a doubleheader
0: yes What's on our radar for fishing once we are freed? I think we have less than two weeks now.
1: Well, we don't know. I mean, we can.
0: For people listening, we can technically go fishing, but it's very ambiguous because some county state parks are closed, and one of our favorite places to go fishing, Burke Lake. Here in Fairfax County, it's closed until reopening.
1: Well, well, we'll wait, and we have an inflatable big boat. But ago. the rest of
0: the state, it should be known. Well, is will, they reopened some charters. Much of fishing is still accessible, but there's see, still some challenges for NOVA. We will see what we
1: can do as soon as we'll be free again. We're going to, to go maybe to Maryland, trout fishing, or maybe we'll go locally somewhere here. We'll go definitely somewhere because it's, my hands are itching. <laughs> it 's time to go, i mean we, usually we, we start early, yeah, and enjoy we missed, it.
0: missed much of the trout season this season yeah. because this started in right after my birthday in mid march and
1: well, we, we know, we know everybody knows what happened. We have somebody to blame, but there is nothing that we can do today. We have to deal with it, get through it, and get back to business.
0: And nature shouldn't be the obstacle. Nature should be the antidote. People should be going outdoors. But, well, w- but what species do you think we want to target?
1: Well, we probably will target COVID if we can. We will. See oh, that.
0: when we go down?
1: Yeah, we go down Chesapeake Bay, maybe Virginia Beach. We'll, we'll maybe, yeah, when we will maybe there. We'll some, get some flounder. We'll see what, what what's available.
0: Well, we're going to do some saltwater species. Yeah targeting later in the nice summer. to
1: catch some mask slash white. I used yeah, to do fresh it back here. in old country. So I know how to handle it and other things, you know. And we'll
0: whatever. use some outdoor access properties yeah. likely. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we're going to to go wherever we can as often as we can mm-hmm. because we need to recharge the batteries. Yeah. So to speak.
0: Yes, <laughs> and then do we have a planned? Hopefully, I mean, we talked about it last time you were on the podcast, but we really do want to go get Steelhead in the Lake Erie well, portion just, of Pennsylvania through need, the outdoor access property.
1: Yeah, we just you know we just need to book it. We need to check with the owners, see what's going on, get any information from them, what we need to buy to the
0: have licenses.
1: Where. Yeah, buy the licenses. That's the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Money spending is the easiest thing in the world, <laughs> and and you know driver. You know, it's a big deal. Maybe we'll bring somebody of us. It depends. But it definitely it's the shortest pl- It's the shortest trip to go we still head uh, fishing because, you know, anywhere else you have to go to Washington State, even though we have a place to stay there.
0: It's a bit of a hike.
1: But it's a heck of a, dra- a fly
0: To get a, a, a purely salmonoid yeah, fish. Yeah, uh, but, but this is the closest. Atlantic this this salmon, is, This yeah.
1: is good. This is good. So if we go over in, and it, we saw some videos, it's a shallow kind of a river creek. So
0: beautiful it, landscape, actually. I think limestone. In,
1: I don't know.
0: Limestone is pretty good for trout and stuff. Whatever
1: head. it is. So, you know, we're going to, have to do what we can to catch some fish and yeah. hopefully bring some home and maybe smoke it here.
0: Yeah. And we'll try to document it on videos. I think yep. people have asked me to use my new... Fancy camera yep. to do that, so we'll try to record our fishing adventures. For yeah, what would
1: be nice? We'll, 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 I mean, we can do it if we don't hook uh, fish at the same time. One of us could. <laughs> Worst could do case,
0: it. I can film and I can have you narrate. We can have it standalone. We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out when we'll we get see. there. But, we'll see,
1: but we have. But I think it'd be good
0: to record and just showcase uh, kind of what we do, kind of a behind the scenes look at how we go fishing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And other stuff.
1: Absolutely, we'll definitely. Uh, uh allowing our schedules and work, we'll definitely right? be planning to do that because yes. that's what we do. And
0: we'll chronicle your first hunting trips Absolutely. if we can get to the field. I don't yes. know if we're gonna begin with deer first. I think you should try upland. We will
1: see birds. what's what's available. Yes. There's no yes. rush on it.
0: Exactly. Now you just ordered a batch of high mountain seasonings, right? Yep. And we we had learned about them I'd heard it from several friends Like my friend Ken Perrot, And also we were watching Scott Layseth's show The Sporting yep. Chef And so you saw it Yeah And what are you hoping to make out so of it? Because you, you love meat Everyone knows you're Yeah, well, there's nothing,
1: no, nothing wrong with loving meat So no. we're going to Based upon that Scott Layseth's uh, advice Apparently you can make your own beef jerky In your own oven It's very easy He has that episode when he tells about talks about that So we're going to <laughs> If you know, if we don't have any venison, so we're going to get some nice piece of uh, beef, and if they
0: still have beef,
1: well, we, we'll have beef. It's plenty of beef, and we'll slice it and use that, uh, you know, seasoning. And based upon his advice, we'll do it in that oven. I mean, so it's nothing wrong to try. Plus, you know, we we don't want to buy that uh, dehydrator, no, because it's not worth it. I have electrical smoker, so maybe we can use that for, for that put it on a very low temperature and go slow because the smoke kind of we cannot kind of you know make beef jerky semi-smoked and have a bunch of different type of wood to for flavoring you know so it's not a problem we'll do something absolutely
0: that's good i'm excited uh do you have any final things you want to say cuz we've covered a hodgepodge of different issues you provided everyone an update on your hunting journey what you're looking forward to is there anything else do you want to plug in your business for those who may be local I don't any know I mean I usually
1: needs? I don't I don't
0: know if, I mean people may be short on funds but
1: I, we're always looking I for I I usually know me and I mean it I don't mix business and pleasure <laughs> but if anybody is uh, I would say 25 miles radius away from George Washington the States in virginia that's my working working radius uh i can help so if you want to see what i do go on my website baltic at balticonstruction.net and you can see what i do and i've been doing it for a while beautiful uh, that's it
0: awesome all right thank you dad for coming on you're and sharing very, your nice update
1: you're very well
0: please be sure to follow us on social media. If you're just discovering us, you can also subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many other participating platforms. I think we're on close to 18. We're also on iHeartRadio and Overcast and just about anything you can think of. So we're pretty widely distributed, but my preferred platform for you all, and I think the bulk of my listeners' tune in through Apple podcast. So if you want to leave us a review, that's the best place to do it. And if you like what you hear, you've liked this episode, you've listened to others, maybe Katie Pavlich's interview brought you to the podcast, go leave us a review. And we would really be appreciative of that and download some past episodes. Encourage your friends to follow us, connect with us online and to share upcoming episodes. If you have any suggestions on guests, I would love to hear them. I should be having a few more people come on. They're on my Rolodex, but there should be another episode and we're going to resume the weekly schedule. I just needed a break to, to kind of collect my thoughts with more responsibilities coming in. But thank you for listening. Hope you liked this interview and we'll see you next week.